nearly $2 trillion. Honestly, I'm having trouble conceptualizing that much money, but that's how much student loan debt Americans are in collectively. And while it's true that the majority of Americans only owe roughly $30,000 on average, there is a small percentage that owe six figures or more. Now, unfortunately, I am in that small percentage. And chances are, if you're an occupational therapist, or honestly, if you're in rehab at all, so my PT friends, SLP friends, chances are you're in that small percentage too, or at least pretty darn close. So if we're in that boat together, this episode is for you. In today's show, I'm sharing exactly how I ended up in multiple six figures of student loan debt and how I'm slowly, and I do mean slowly, (laughs) slowly crawling my way out of it. But before we jump into the nitty gritty details of the episode, I wanted to just share something really quick. When I decided to start this podcast, I honestly wasn't sure what I wanted my first episode to be. I love talking about personal finance, and I love all the topics that I could dig into. So I was like, I don't know. What do I want to start with? Who knows? I don't know. So anyways, I was on my phone and I went to the notes app and I was looking around because a lot of times I just jot random ideas down in my notes app. Anyone else do that? Any other content creators? You guys probably understand. (laughs) So I stumbled upon a note in my phone and it was dated August 4th, 2020, which feels like a lifetime ago. And this note started off with this sentence. My name is Amira. I'm an occupational therapist, and I'm in a quarter of a million dollars of student loan debt. And that's when I knew exactly what my first episode would be. Funny enough, this episode was originally intended to be a Instagram post, but I never did get around to sharing it. Well, here I am, three whole years later, and I'm finally ready to share my story. The good, the bad, the ugly, and the uncomfortable. So here we go. Let's get into it. They say money makes the world go round, but when it comes to navigating the financial side of adulting, they kinda left us hanging. If you've ever caught yourself saying, why the heck didn't we learn any of this in school? Then friend, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Miracle Money Podcast, a space dedicated to having the real, open, and honest conversations about money and finance that we never had in school, but we should've. I'm your host, Amira Condoli. I'm a pediatric occupational therapist turned personal finance enthusiast, and I'm here to help you manage your money with less stress, more joy, and a whole lot of confidence. Let's jump in. My name is Amira. I'm a wife, a mommy, a sister, an occupational therapist, and I'm in a quarter of a million dollars of student loan debt. The first time I said this out loud, I I actually cried. Correction, it wasn't even a cry. It was one of those like sobs where no tears are actually coming out. I was on my laptop and I stared at this number, $275,000. And honestly, that's kind of rounding down a little bit. And I thought there must be some mistake. And quick backstory, the reason I even looked at this number is because I was talking to my husband, boyfriend at the time about student loans, and he said, 
Amir, how much student loan debt are you actually in? And I said, you know what? I don't know. And he said, don't you feel like that's something you should know? And I said, you know what? I don't really want to look at it. I know it's a lot. And he kind of gave me that push that I needed to just face it head on, which I'll talk about in a little bit in this episode. But anyway, so I finally had opened my laptop and I was like, okay, I'm going to log it. And I saw $275,000. And I was like, there's just no way. There's no way that I'm in this much student loan debt. So I called the lender. I was with Fed Loan at the time and I was just on the phone and like I was praying. I was like, okay, God, like I know that's wrong. I know I'm really not in that much debt. Something must have been miscalculated. When she confirmed that that was truly the amount, I I just felt like everything in me was just heavy. That's just the only thing that I can use or adjective to use to describe how I felt. It was just this sense of heaviness. I got off the phone. My head was honestly spinning. I had a million thoughts. I was thinking to myself, what did I do? Was it worth it? I instantly felt this embarrassment and I don't know why because I knew I was going to have to go back and tell Mozzie because as Pres was saying, I was going to have to go back and tell Mozzie like, hey, this is actually how much debt I'm in. And I felt almost this embarrassment about it. I was ashamed you know I was angry I was afraid I was overwhelmed but the emotion and the feeling that I felt the absolute most was defeat I was supposed to be happily living the dream right I'd graduated I passed my board exam I racked those job interviews but I was carrying this enormous six-figure multiple six-figure weight I mean at the beginning of the episode I said quarter of a million dollars, which technically it was a little bit more than that. So it was a huge weight. And I thought about ignoring it. I really did. I said to myself, you know what? Forget it. I'll pay the minimum until I die. And honestly, that's that. Like other people have student loan debt. I'm not really going to stress out about it. But eventually I did change my attitude. But I will tell you, it did take months of coping and a lot of just internal reflection about well, I'm here now, right? I'm in the profession that I wanted to be in. And again, I'll talk about that later in the episode, but eventually I did change my attitude. So what I want to talk to you about though is how did I get here? What happened? And the short answer, because obviously this is a very long answer, but the short answer is that I just didn't know what I was doing and I made monumental mistakes. For seven years, I made financial mistakes throughout my undergrad and my grad school journey to create a number that was that big. When I started sharing, or I guess openly more sharing, my money journey back in 2020 on social media, I wrote a post, which I mentioned at the beginning of this episode. I wrote this post, this post, which is now this episode, and I never actually dreamt of posting it. I, I wanted to. Everything in me wanted to do it, but I couldn't bring myself, I just couldn't bring myself to actually post that. But here we are, like I said, three years later, and I'm a different person now, obviously. I'm a, I'm, gosh, (laughs) I can't even list the amount of ways that I'm different, but I'm a different person, and I'm here, and I'm embracing transparency, I'm embracing realness, and I just want you to know, for those of you who feel alone, like you're the only one struggling with this student loan debt, with this weight like I did, I want you to know that you're not alone. I mean, our educational system is broken. It's sometimes it feels rigged, right? It feels like it's stacked against us. It's flawed. 
we are not being paid what we are worth in our professions. We are often felt undervalued. Um, Sometimes it just feels like we're being set up to fail almost, but I want you to know that we will be okay. We'll be okay. And to be honest, I'm going to tell you, you know, I don't have all the answers. I can only tell my story, but I'm sharing my story because it's the story that I needed to hear. And it's a story that I believe, actually not believe, I know from having conversations on social media that a lot of you resonate with. And so, like I said, I don't have a magic wand to wave all of this away, but I'm going to tell my story and I'm going to get comfortable with being a little uncomfortable because that's life, right? And that's how we grow and that's how we move forward. And so that is what we are going to be doing on this episode throughout this podcast journey. So in today's episode, though, there's some specific things I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about the debt breakdown. So exactly what is this 275K comprised of? I want to tell you exactly how I ended up in this much debt and those mistakes that I made throughout the seven years and how I'm crawling out of it. And you can hear what I'm doing and, you know, take what resonates and leave what doesn't. And so if these strategies you feel like maybe can help you, that's why I'm going to share what I'm doing. So let's start with, okay, let's start. Let's just break down the debt. Let's break down the debt. I feel like that's a good place to start. So of my $275,000 debt, actually, OT school is the majority of that, which I don't know why I said actually, you probably already knew that. <laughs> so the OT school is the prim- the the majority of that student loan debt. So of the 275K, OT school debt is 215,000. Now, that was not my program tuition. My program tuition was actually 115,000, which I'll talk about in a second, but 215,000 of that 275 is my is just from OT school alone. And I want to just emphasize this part because for me, I didn't think that as an OT, you could possibly be in that much debt just from OT school, but I'm here to tell you, and I'm a walking testimony, that it is possible. So I just want you to know that there are OTs in $100,000 to $200,000 of student loan debt. There are some hovering in the 300s of, you know, I've talked to, gosh, hundreds of people at this point about (laughs) this stuff. So it is very possible for OTs to be in six-figure and multiple six-figure student loan debt just from OT school. Now, the rest of the debt that I have is 20000 of it is from undergrad, 20000 is from a private student loan that I took out while I was in undergrad, and then the other $20,000 is interest on the overall balance. So that is my student loan debt breakdown so that you can kind of know where that 275 is from. But honestly, just keep in mind, 215 of it is for OT school, and then 20000 of it is for interest. Just going forward so you know what is going on. Now, here's the part where I want you to really play, pay close attention. How in the world did I end up in that much debt? Because it wasn't, it wasn't just because I took out all of this money. There's a lot of other factors that went into it. So the first thing I will say with the OT school debt is that I kind of had a perfect storm <laughs> of factors. So not only did I go out of state to school, 
I went to a state that was expensive. It was a higher cost of living. Well, I'll just tell you, I went to school in Boston, Massachusetts. So that is a higher cost of living area. I went to a private institution. I moved twice for clinicals and then for my capstone So I was all over the place. (laughs) So that is a huge reason why I was in so much debt in OT school in particular. Now, if you remember, I did say my tuition was only $115,000, but I ended up coming out with $215,000. So what happened, right? So how did I end up with $100,000 more than I was supposed to have? So the first thing is that I borrowed entirely too much money. When you take out your student loans, you have the option of borrowing extra with the plus loan, which is what I did. And it's to cover your living expenses. And in my mind, I said to myself, you know what, I'm going to take out twice as much as I need, but I'm not going to spend it all. And at the end of my schooling, I'll just give it back. Obviously, that did not happen. Spoiler alert. But that was my mindset. And I kind of to myself thought, okay, well, it's better to just have the money and not need it than to need the money and not have it. And I can't say that the logic was super flawed because I can understand why I thought that was a good idea. That being said, I just took out too much and then I mismanaged the amount of excess money that I had left over. So I'm sure you're familiar with refund checks. So once everything was covered, you get a refund check. And really with that check, I should have managed it a lot better than I did, but I didn't. So again, I was living in a higher cost of living city. So right from the get-go, my living expenses were already really high. They were much higher than they needed to be. I had one roommate, but in reality, I should have probably had three or four roommates like a lot of my other classmates did. But I was like, well, I can afford it because I have this refund. And that was just not what I should have done. So Borrowing entirely too much money is, I would say, a a huge mistake in addition to, you know, the private school going into an expensive city, all of that. But really just I took out too much money and I really didn't need to take that much money out. And the excess money I had, I didn't end up giving it back because I had already spent it. And why did I spend it? Here's my other mistake. I didn't budget the money correctly. So I would have this refund check and I was like, okay, well, this is how much money I have to spend. Really what I should have done is cut that in half and be like, okay, how can I live off of this amount when I don't really need to be living off the entire check, the entire refund check? So I just did not budget correctly. I didn't have a budgeting strategy. And I also want to say I didn't, the things that I know today, obviously three years later, I didn't know any of this back then. So I knew, okay, I should have a budget, but I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't know where to start. So for me, I was so overwhelmed that I just didn't do anything. And I think that was a huge mistake on my part because I didn't seek out that knowledge. So I didn't budget correctly. I didn't have a good budgeting strategy and I mismanaged those excess funds that I had. Another reason that I ended up in so much debt, you'll hear, you heard me refer to the interest. So I honestly didn't have a full grasp on the loan process. I knew I 
filled out some paperwork or, I mean, electronic paperwork. I signed some documents. I said I would pay it back. And then they just gave me money. But I didn't understand anything like interest, compound interest, capitalized interest. So the interest part of it went kind of over my head. And so to me, I was like, okay, I'm borrowing this much money but I didn't understand that I would have to pay back that plus some. I mean, in hindsight, I, I knew that I would have to pay a little bit extra, but I didn't know what that would truly look like. I didn't know that. Well, I don't want to get too nitty gritty into the numbers, but I didn't know that that would look like paying so much more than I had actually taken out. When it comes to paying off your student loan debt, which will be in another episode, but when it comes to paying off your student loan debt, you really have to understand how interest works and all of those terms that I mentioned. So I personally didn't have a full grasp on that process, and that's why I had interest on top of interest because I just didn't know what was going on with the loans and how important interest is when it comes to understanding, okay, I'm taking out this much, but I'm going to have to owe this much at the end of the day. I also want to mention, I had a job in OT school, at least for the part, the academic portion, not once I went out on field work. So for the first, you know, two years or so in OT school, I did have a job. That being said, and it was a good job. I was a nanny and I was a newborn care specialist. So I was doing, you know, pretty well with my part-time income hours. And so I had this excess money, right? But here's where I messed up. Again, one of those financial mistakes that I can look back on now and tell you so that hopefully you don't make the same mistake. So I was working, but I spent the money that I made from my job just on myself. So I would treat myself to getting my nails done. I would have one too many Target runs. I took a vacation. I would go out with my friends. I would buy new clothes. Just money that really should have been going towards my loans. I felt like well, the refund, the excess money that I have, I can just use that for the boring stuff, right? I can use that for the bills and to pay my rent and all that. But the money that I make for myself, I should spend it on myself when in reality, I should have had a better balance. Now, I'm not saying I should have just not done any of that, maybe definitely cut it back a little bit, but it's okay to have fun, right? It's okay to have fun in OT school. You should absolutely go to that brunch with your friends. That's It's not a big deal, but I shouldn't have been doing that as often as I was doing that. And the money that I was making from my job really should have been going towards my loans or I should have, if, I should have not taken as much money out and then the money that I made from my job could have covered some of my you know, tuition or my living expenses. So I did have this extra money, but again, it was that having, I mean, I can, I can own up to it. I had very poor money management habits and I also didn't have the best relationship with money. And so all of these different things kind of went into that, but that's also a huge reason why I ended up in so much debt just from OT school is because I didn't have a good handle on the money that was coming in and the money that was going out. You know, looking back at all of these mistakes that I made during OT school, like I said, it really stemmed from lack of knowledge. It stemmed from not having the best relationship with money and feeling like this will have to be another episode, honestly, but just I, I just didn't have the healthiest relationship with money. And that's why it was so easy for me to spend it and kind of see it go out of the window and not feel like it was a big deal. I also didn't think about how the decisions that I made 
as a student would impact me once I became a practitioner. And I will say that's something that I really do wish that I would have thought more about is I would rather sacrifice while I'm in OT school. And then once I get out of OT school and I'm practicing, I can enjoy that money so much more and I don't have to pay for all of the things that I was doing while I was in OT school. So like I said, there's just so many mistakes that I made and I'm sharing them with you because I want you to kind of clearly see how I ended up in that much debt. Now, that being said, I am crawling out of it slowly, slowly but surely I'm crawling out of it. And there's a few ways that I'm doing it. So I want to share what I'm doing. And like I said, if you feel like it could help you, great. If not, that's okay too. But I just want to share what I found to be helpful as I'm navigating, you know, trying to crawl out of multiple six figures of student loan debt. The first thing is having to just face it head on. And I mentioned this at the beginning of the episode was so hard for me because I knew that it was a massive number. I didn't know how big it was, but I knew it was a big number. And so I didn't want to think about it. I didn't want to deal with the weight. I didn't want to feel overwhelmed. And like I said, I definitely credit Mozzie with being like, okay, Amir, you have to just face it. You have to kind of get over that initial shock. And that is just the number one piece of advice I would give is you have to face it. You have got to face that student loan amount head on. And a lot of it is mental. And a lot of it is just kind of coming to terms with this is your reality. This is, you know, what you're going to have to deal with. But knowing that you ha- you're going to make a plan for yourself, right? Of course, you're going to make a plan. I'm not going to leave you hanging. I'm going to help you make your plan. So (laughs) facing it head on, looking at that number and being like, okay, this is it. This is what I have to work with. What next? So from there, once you know what your number is, this was super helpful for me. I had to kind of break that down like I just did with you all that OT or not OT, but the debt, the student loan debt breakdown that I just did going through, okay, how much was it from OT school? How much was it from undergrad interest, private loans going through and knowing exactly those numbers is going to really, really be helpful. So in addition to that, with your student loans, you want to know the full amount, but in particular, you want to know your principal, which is exactly the amount that you borrowed your interest and then any capitalized interest, which is when your unpaid interest gets added to your principal balance. Now, Big thing here, whenever your principal balance is increased, the interest on that, you owe more interest. And anyways, that's how it just completely snowballs. Again, we're going to go through a whole student loan episode later, so I don't want to get too bogged down into the details. But for now, you should be writing out, okay, what is my principal? How much interest do I owe? How much capitalized, capitalized interest? And then what is my interest rate? You also would want to know what is the plan that you you know, are you going to be on the standard 10-year plan? Are you going to do income-based repayment? Like, what are your options? You also want to know what is your minimum payment on the loans? So for me, this was extremely important because going into my job search, I said, okay, now that I know how much student loan debt I'm working with, I need to have a job that I can make at least this amount of money to at least cover that minimum payment. So your minimum payment is what you pay Basically, this covers your interest, so it's what you pay so that your balance doesn't increase. Because remember, I said anytime that principal balance increases or anytime your overall balance increases, that you're going to end up owing more money over the long run. So you always want to keep your balance at least where it is. So a lot of times the minimum payment, that's not going to help you actually pay it off. That's going to help you just cover the interest so it's not being added onto your full amount. So you want to know what that minimum payment is because you want to make sure that your balance doesn't increase. And that has happened 
there's so many people I know and it's it's very frustrating. So you want to know that minimum payment, again, the plan that you start off on, and then your repayment option. So for me, I looked into, okay, am I eligible for public service loan forgiveness, also called PSLF? I wasn't at the time, so that kind of was out the window. <laughs> so you want to know what are your repayment options. You want to know what does refinancing look like? What does consolidation look like? And again, this would have to be a whole episode in itself, but I just want to kind of give you a, bro- a broad overview of what I did. Again, how I decided that I, you know, faced my number. I knew all the, the things that went into that number. And then what are my options for paying it off? Last thing you want to make sure you know is your federal versus private and subsidized versus unsubsidized. So what type of loan do you actually have? From there, you're able to go ahead and create that repayment strategy. And for me, I had to create a repayment strategy that I felt good about. And I did not feel good about this whole aggressively pay off your student loan debt because to me, that was unrealistic. With how much debt I had and how much I knew I would be making, I was like, okay, I'm not going to get rid of this in two years. That's just not going to happen, right? I'm looking at more of like a seven to 10 year kind of timeline. And so even if I know, right, even if it's going to take me, a decade to pay it off, at least I have a strategy that I feel good about. At least that strategy is organized. It has realistic goals. I said to myself, okay, the first goal that I'm going to have is to pay off my private student loan debt, which was $20,000. To me, that was very realistic. I said, you know what? I can knock this down over the next probably two years and I'll share later exactly how much I was able to knock it down and all that good stuff. But anyways, I wanted to make sure that I picked something that I could really be working towards. Now I picked the private because the private had a higher interest rate and I wanted to make sure that I just got that out of the way. So I paid off that private student loan, thankfully. But you want to make sure that you have a realistic goal. So for me, that was realistic. I couldn't say to myself, well, I'm going to pay the whole 275 off in a year. That's just not realistic. So creating a repayment strategy that you feel good about is key. I also knew that in order to crawl out of this debt, I needed to work on my personal relationship with money. I had to look at money as something that is a tool that helps me to create and live a life, like I said, that I enjoy because you know, just the way that you look at money, the way that you view money. I mean, I, you know, I remember growing up, not necessarily in my household, but just growing up hearing things like, well, money is the root of all evil, which technically, no, it's the love of money that's the root of all evil, but I'm getting ahead of myself. So hearing these things like, well, money doesn't grow on trees or, you know, all these different things that kind of have negative connotations to them and having to reframe my entire mindset about money. That's, something that I had to do that was really, really big and that I'm still working on today. And then kind of along with that, I needed to work on building strong money management habits. So figuring out what is a budgeting strategy that I can stick to that doesn't feel restrictive, but that allows me to have the freedom to enjoy the money that I have and making sure that all of the things that I need to be covered are covered. It also meant talking about saving up for bigger expenses. So with the money management habits that I had as an OT student, I did not do that. I would just take a lump sum of money and there was a big expense and then I would drop it instead of saving up gradually so that it wasn't as huge of a hit to my wallet. So saving up for bigger expenses, starting you know, what's called sinking funds, which is where you contribute a small amount over a longer period of time instead of, like I said, having that huge hit and knowing exactly where that money should even live. So which account should I have? Should it go in my checking, in my saving? What's this thing called a high yield savings account? So all of these things I needed to figure out for myself. And lastly, in order to crawl out of the debt, you know what? 
I knew I would still have to have fun. I just, it sounds, it sounds like, okay, what do you mean by that? But what I mean is I knew that living this restricted lifestyle or, you know, just being super frugal, frugal or super cheap or just like not doing the things that brought me enjoyment and joy was not going to work for me. I wouldn't stick to that. I would not enjoy that. And I just knew that I had to still have fun. I had to figure out how to use my money to pay off my loans while still having fun. And it is absolutely possible. But, you know, the big thing with that is just everything in moderation. So like I said, maybe not getting my nails done every single week. Maybe I would go every six weeks or I don't get a facial, I don't know, every month. I go every month and a half. So just, I don't know, just throwing <laughs> random things out there. But my point is doing everything in moderation and still treating yourself to things that bring you joy, but making sure that your bills and, and things like that are taken care of. So that, my friends, is how I am crawling out of my massive student loan debt. One dollar, literally one dollar at a time. <laughs> I faced it head on. I knew what I was working with. I had a plan. I created my goals, my strategies. I'm working on my relationship, building those money management habits while still having fun because that matters too. All right. Last thing before I let you go. I just want to spend a minute talking to the fellow OTs who are carrying the weight of student loan debt. Regardless of how much debt you're carrying, I know that it's a weight, but I want you to repeat after me. I want you to say, I did what I needed to do to get where I wanted to be. This is exactly what I had to tell myself when I looked at that number and I had to remember I said I had to kind of cope <laughs> with the situation that I was in. This is what I told myself. I said, you know what? At the end of the day, I did what I needed to do to get where I wanted to be. It can be so easy for us to sit and replay every little decision leading up to where we are now. I, I personally honestly have done this. Maybe I shouldn't have gone or maybe I should have gone to that in-state school or maybe I shouldn't have gone to brunch with my classmates that one time or maybe I shouldn't have gone on a state for field work, right? Maybe, maybe, maybe. But at the end of the day, I had a very specific goal in my mind for what I wanted my life to look like and, and who I wanted to be. And I took the necessary steps to get there. Now, yes, it resulted in me having student loan debt. And do I wish I would have made some slightly different steps along the way? Sure, absolutely. But when I look back on everything I did, like I said, I know I did what I needed to do to get where I want it to be. Now, repeat after me again. I will do what I have to do to get where I want to be. And whether that means aggressively paying your debt or just paying the minimum because that's all you can do right now. And if that's all you can do right now, that's okay. You're doing enough. Whether it's saving your money or throwing it all at debt if you're in that in that position. I just want to say and I want to emphasize that there's really no right or wrong way to do any of this despite what anyone says. Because the right way is whatever is best for you and your family. I think you know, we have to be really careful in the personal finance kind of world, especially because I am so immersed in it, specifically in the debt free community. It can, I think, unintentionally, but it can make us feel almost less than when we have debt attached to our name. And I just want to say that your student loan debt does not define you and how you address it is honestly your business, right? Like I said, you have to do like I said, you have to do what works for you and what works for your family. So I'm not here to tell you one way is right or one way is wrong. I'm here to tell you what I'm doing and I'm here to tell you to just have a plan and to have a strategy 
But at the end of the day, how you choose to address it, that is on you. So that's just my gentle reminder, my piece of advice that if you're stressing or you're worrying or, you know, you're beating yourself up about any of this, please don't do it because you did what you needed to do to get where you want it to be. And if you're a student and you're taking out these loans, you're doing what you need to do to get where you want to be. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. All right. I want to hear from you. Are you currently in the same boat? Are you navigating the weight of student loan debt? What are some things that you're doing to help crawl out of it? Let me know. Reach out via my website, www.miraclemoney.com. Or you can catch me on Instagram at MarvelousMiracles.ot. Hey friend, before you go, there's a few things I want to remind you about. Make sure you're subscribed to the show so you never miss an episode. And if you like what you heard, please take a few moments to leave a review. They seriously make my heart happy. Lastly, don't forget to check the show notes for additional resources, links, and maybe even some freebies. All right, that's all I've got. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I'll catch you in the next one. And as always, don't forget to make it a marvelous day.